Welcome to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors, Leaders Made Here. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And my guest today is Sam Powell in Chicago, Illinois. And Sam, as we probably all know, she's a legend in my mind and probably nurse as well, but she has been a realtor since 2002. So that's 18 years. She started when she was a wee lass. And she is the owner and team lead at AskForSam.com with Dreamtown Realty in Chicago. She has also, with the Women's Council, been a local president of the Chicago Network in 2014 and the State Network in 2016 in Illinois. And many of you know, but some of you may not, she was the game day operations manager for several years of a women's semi-pro tackle football team in the Chicago area, which probably those skill sets directly translate to real estate (laughs) semi-pro tackle team. (laughs) But thank you, Sam, and welcome. Glad to have you here with us today. Honored to be here with you today. Great (laughs) to be a part of this opportunity. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's certainly my pleasure to have you here. Um, You are one of my favorite people in Women's Council and one of the people that I got to know across the country early on and under actually a little bit of stress at a national meeting, if I recall, for me anyway, (laughs) under at a surprise uh, inspiration slash Pledge of Allegiance switch, but it all worked (laughs) out. (laughs) And I got to meet a new friend. So here we are. Today, we just wanted to talk a little bit about your experience with the Women's Council and both as a member, how you came to join, your leadership experience in and outside of the council. You have a diverse background in both your business in the Women's Council, in the industry, and then out of industry leadership as well with your football team and I'm sure many other things that I just don't know about yet. But we'll circle back and let's start with just the real estate bit. And let me ask, what was your first leadership experience within the realtor community, whether or not it was in the Women's Council? What was your first leadership experience and how did that come about? Well, I'd have to say early in my career, um, I was in a, the first company I ever got my license with, I was a training program and it was a super robust, super intense uh, training And early on, there were a number of us who are still super good buddies today that within the first six month year of being in that program, they started asking us if we would be interested in seeing some of the modules and some of the sections. So as a rookie realtor, they kind of groomed me early on to be like, all right, you have a decent presence about you. Um, You're engaging and thoughtful in communication style. So we'd like to maybe encourage you to, to do some of this as part of your learnings and teachings. Because you learn, you learn differently as a student than you do also as a teacher. So early on, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. But I was super chicken scared. And also thinking, this is my first year. I don't even have, I have a few deals under my belt. The last thing anyone should be doing is asking me to teach classes on how to be a realtor as a brand new kid on the block. Uh, so it just <laughs> kind of planted, <laughs> planted any seed as it were to be like, um, you, might, you might consider teaching as an option down the road. That's fabulous. Yeah. And good on them for actually um, acknowledging and recognizing those skills within you when you, when they just got to know you. Yeah. Well, I was going to say then I immediately left that company uh, because I, <laughs> I was, I was, I kind of felt some kind of way like, wait, you want the rookies to be teaching the next kids. Um, maybe it's time for me to get out of this program. Cause I had successfully graduated from the program. Uh, it was, um, it was time for me to look at 
spreading my wings and me and the guy who invited me into real estate in the first place, we both moved companies at that time together because it was the right thing to do. Uh, but I got some really good training out of my first year under that um, very intense programming. So I give them a lot of credit for uh, setting some really good groundwork on how we, how we interact with consumers on day one, right? So as an example, we were required to do buyer agency agreements and my first year, my first client as a realtor, and I take that to heart to this day as a super powerful communication tool in turning a customer, a consumer into a customer by having a, an agreement in writing. Absolutely. And having that buy-in from them that you're giving them of, of yourself and they owe that to you as well. And you can actually perform better for them by doing it. Yep. Nope, exactly. It's like a handshake on paper. If you're not satisfied with my services you can, you know, sort of cancel our relationship at any time, but it came with a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee too. If they owed a differential on the buyer's agreement at the closing table, that if they weren't satisfied with how we took care of them in the transaction, that we, they weren't obligated to pay it. So I feel like that conversation alone early on uh, really allowed for opportunities for conversation that I would have been way more to have with anyone about, you know, making them sign a document on the buyer side. That's excellent. And really in our business, we are leaders at the table with our clients. We're <laughs> leaders in that conversation. We're leaders throughout the whole process. So those leadership skills just kind of bleed all the way through. And I think it takes us a long time to realize sometimes that we actually have that role. About five years down the road, we're like, oh, I am actually leading that conversation. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, we learned early on just how many hats we are uh, expected to wear throughout our career in a way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then how did you go from there to being involved in the Women's Council? So I had a life business coach at the time, and she was invited to be a part of Women's Council on the Chicago network level. And it was back in the days when we were doing uh, monthly newsletters. And so she offered to sort of run and manage the content of the monthly newsletter um, with the ask of having a little coach's corner where she could, you know, share a nugget um, as a gift back for being able to be a part of it and manage the newsletter. So the first meeting I ever went to was actually a board meeting where she was there and she had invited me and we were discussing how best to manage the content, the delivery of the newsletter. And very shortly thereafter, she had to have back surgery and the back surgery didn't take. So she had to have a second back surgery. So mm. let's just say I did the first newsletter and then uh, many newsletters after that. And then Jen, uh, my wife, got engaged and started doing even more of the newsletters for many years after that. So I got started just as a guest in a meeting and uh, raised our hand as someone who could take on this role that she obviously couldn't do laying on her back. And it was, it was a blessing. You know, it was really sort of a unique opportunity that snowballed into a beautiful relationship with, you know, the leadership of that network at that time. Dina Zimmerman was the president at that moment, and they were rebuilding sort of the Chicago network, um, trying to really grow it in a way and grow our leadership and grow our membership. And so it was a really beautiful time to sort of get on that train and see if there was a way to contribute and be a part of it. Oh, that's excellent. So you started with basically a small ask of a little dip your toe in the water with something that you're comfortable, very technology based. And I imagine you got to know more people within the Chicago network once you became involved and went to more meetings. Yeah, as soon as I got in, you know, engaged in that piece of the puzzle, um, it was so easy to engage in attending the meetings, 
attending the networking events that they were doing and really start to immerse in it as a really amazing industry concept. And it was, so let's say I started in 2002 in real estate. It wasn't until 2009, 2010 that I kind of, I like to say, I peeked my head above the clouds and said, what else is there in our industry? What else is it all about? Um, because I just had been running with sort of blinders on and not really engaged outside of just my business and my clients. And that ask from that life, life coach at the time was sort of um, a game changer. A lot of doors then began to open because I began to seek them out in a way, right? Um, the, the football team started happening at about the same time, uh, meaning Jen and I both tried out for the team. And it's not like you don't make the team unless you're a safety hazard for yourself or those around <laughs> you. Like if you're that bad, like you're not coachable. Uh, so I made the team. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in the, in the first practice of, uh, full tackling, it became abundantly clear. I didn't like being hit or touched in that way. And so legit <laughs> after the, after the first tackle, uh, and we were tackling indoors on gymnasium mats. So it's not even hard ground, Chicago ground. It was the softest surface they could provide. And I was immediately like, uh, Jen, I'm out. I'm not, I don't want another tackle. I'm not getting back in line. I want nothing to do with this. And so I hung out with the practice with Jen and then uh, we talked about it. And I approached the owner and said, hey, listen, I love everything about this women's football team. We've been fans for so many years and we had made it to the 2008 championship. I think Jen tried out for the team in 20, 2009 or 2010. I don't even remember. And I went to the coach and said, I don't like being hit. Is there something perhaps I can do on the other side of these little white lines? And she <laughs> thought about it. And the next day, of course, I was at practice to support Jen. And she was just like, hey, I've been thinking about it and was wondering if you'd be willing to consider taking on game day operations. And immediately I was just like, yeah, sure. Tell me what it's all about. <laughs> so it was a, it was a yes immediately because I felt like for sure we've got talents we can offer in you know, organi organization and management of different pieces of the puzzle. And so it became a sort of a really beautiful relationship early on where we, Jen and I sort of uh, together, she did all the social media stuff and I did, you know, ran the volunteers. We ran the ticket booth together. We were in charge of the national anthem singers and the chain gang, if you're not familiar, but the kids who hold the change for each of the, the yard markers um, and the basically so we we managed a lot of moving parts to get the team on the field and off the field for each game day and practices too it was cool. wow wow and actually that really just highlights one of our philosophies which is the task is to ask often there are people there ready to step up and dip their toe in the water or try new things and become more involved they just don't know how to go about it and if we ask them they'll jump in and it's also about giving them the tools they need to be successful in that endeavor and whatever they need to do to get that job done. So that's actually, ironically, another example of the task is to ask outside yeah. of the council, but definitely one of our core principles, I would say. Um, yeah. So obviously you became involved in the Women's Council and we're all about networking for referrals and we grow our businesses that way and in the Chicago network, it's a very large area and that's probably a lot easier to do than in some parts of the country where you can ferret out referrals, if you will, to different parts of the city. You know, if you're on the north, you might refer out the south side, that type of thing. So 
And you said you were already very much um, established in your business by the time you joined the Women's Council of Realtors. So I imagine that helped your referral network grow. But I also know that you have started focusing on teaching and speaking a bit more in the recent years. And you even actually just said that when you first started at your first company, they kind of pegged you for that, it sounds like. So how did you become involved in speaking and the speaking circuit, if you will, in the Women's Council and teaching that way? How did that all come about? And how do you work that kind of business? Because I know you do that very purposefully now. Yes, yes. No, it's an awesome question. And I credit Women's Council uh, for the, you know, the baby steps into the doors of courage that it takes. Like, so think of it as a stairwell in a way. I built my confidence very slowly, right? I'm not, you know, people look at me and they're like, oh my God, you probably were born this way. And the truth is absolutely could not be further from the truth. I was like super scared of my own shadow in the respect that like, I didn't think I had anything to bring to the table. Um, you know, I always did other people as if they had different, better talents than me. And so my confidence was not really there. And being surrounded by like-minded peers, male and female, uh, when we got more engaged in the Women's Council and its philosophy, when I went to my first national conference, it was a mid-year for me, the first one I ever went to, was a real beautiful eye-opener for me, being able to see what was happening in the Women's Council at, at a national platform, uh, the teaching, the coaching, the mentorship, the referral opportunities. And, you know, the first ask was, you know, would I do an inspiration at one of the national meetings a couple of years later? And of course, I was enamored uh, to have that opportunity because adversity happens when I didn't get to do it right out of the gate just due to a clerical error. I And was asked to then do it, you know, the next day. I was more nervous then than I was the first time because I was so prepared the first time, like, let's do this. And then when it was like 24 hours passed and now you feel a little more pressure because it's not over, right? The time frame that you had mentally <laughs> saved for having to be nervous and be on stage, it had to rear its head again. You know, for me, it was such an easy inspiration to give because at that time and still at this time, Women's Council was my inspiration, right? So all of the layers, if you embrace them, um, what's out there to be yours, to be a part of is so striking and amazing. So that was my first sort of hold the microphone in front of a large room and just be yourself and wing it because I could just talk about experience and meaningful stuff to me. And uh, a few people in the audience felt that maybe I had a presence that was worthy of maybe teaching some other women's council pieces of the puzzle. So the very next ask I got was from National to do like a website training and using their their materials like we're spoiled. They created all the materials, gave us talking points and then let us run with it. Just be a personality on the stage and share the content that they needed delivered. Then it just sort of slowly snowballed from there where I'd have a local network um, somewhere in the country that would say, I saw you at mid-year or I saw you somewhere. And is there any chance we can have you come and speak to our network? And then we'd figure out what we wanted the presentation to be about. I'd create it um, or I'd be on a panel or whatever the ask was. And it just slowly over the years evolved into this beautiful opportunity to give back to an organization that helped get me where I am. So some networks, I never charge them. Like we have some brand new networks. I will never charge a brand new network unless they have the sponsored financial resources and want to. And then more established networks that have the resources to sort of 
know, take care of our membership in a way that's meaningful. And when they can pay us a speaking fee, of course, I'm more than happy to take that. But it's always a conversation. And I always, I've always felt this way. For me, it's personally my community service, finding ways to constantly give back into our industry in a meaningful way to try and raise the bar of our peers around us. Anything I ever do or ever post or share, if anyone ever reached out and said, hey, can I copy that? Can I have the original? I'm immediately that kid that's like, here it is, here it is, here it is, make it your own. I don't need any credit for it. Let's just all be better at, at our craft by sharing and collaborating all the time. Amen. And it's a safe place to do that. And that's one of the things that I like the most about the Women's Council, actually, is because that is a safe place to do it. And thank you for giving so much of yourself. Did you have any expectations kind of as you learned these skill sets and got out there and started speaking and traveling around the country doing all that? Different things you learned along the way that were a surprise? Any takeaways or ahas from that experience you would share? Yeah, I think one of my, you know, one of the layers to the journey that I love sharing with others, because others will go through the same journey in their speaking engagements. And, you know, if we share, then you don't feel like such a victim on the stage all by yourself, because you're all by yourself. Uh, so early, early on, my brain works as fast as it does. And my mouth tries to play catch up from time to time. Nearly every presentation early on, I would legit just freeze on the stage, like nothing's coming out of my mouth. My face is probably going like, wait, I'm in a room with people. And, <laughs> and I would just, I would freeze because my brain's saying, don't forget to say this and go here at some point. And so I early on was like, how do I fix this? Because I feel like a complete idiot standing up here feeling frozen, like I lost my place. And so I started, no surprise to you, I, I immediately went to more of sarcasm and said, sarcasm, help me fix this. And so the very next time, like, let's say it happened like five times in a row, you know, five different speaking gigs spread out across months. So one time I took the stage and I simply said, you know, hey, at some point during my presentation today, I'm going to completely freeze up up here. And I just want, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen. I have, I'll have no idea, you know, what I was saying or meaning to say next. So the one person paying attention in the room, if you'll just yell back at me something I just said, I'll come right back to you, I promise. And as soon as I said that, Chris, it has never, ever, ever happened again. Somehow, somehow, some way, it <laughs> mentally shocked it completely out of my system. I say that, and it's a slight lie, because I think in Vegas, it happened. It did happen, but it was super brief, and I just now make light of it. But it, but it stopped it for many years anyway. But I think Jolie would be the first one to reply, but no, 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 she still has it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's so far and in between now so oh i'm super grateful because you just feel so dumb you know what i mean you feel like oh my god i'm so inept why am i up here i can't even finish this sentence you know so that was that was one takeaway meaning we're all going to run into that and how i found another layer to the fixing of that knowing that it's how do i help protect myself from myself is i as soon as somebody said sam you present better when you have a slide deck I started making sure I had a slide deck uh, moving forward because I used to just come with sort of my takeaways and then mm -hmm. elaborate with storytelling and examples, et cetera. And then once I started building slides, I'm a very visual person too. It allowed me to keep me on track, right? Yes. Which, was a, which, yeah. was a, which was a super awesome gift. And then the other thing that happened that I, I feel like it's really worthy for people to hear is I would take the stage, be doing my speaking, covering the topic, and there were, you know, probably no, a minimum of 10 times that I would feel like 
I'm failing up there. Like I liken it to like a comedy show where the comedian feels like, where are the tomatoes? Because every, <laughs> there were no hecklers in the room. Like the room was <laughs> stoic and quiet and you don't hear the clicking of people playing on their computers and everyone doesn't have a phone illuminating their face. And that really struck me uh, wrong at first. Cause I would just like, Oh my God, I'm totally flopping up here. I can't wait to get off the stage and bust out of this room. And what I would find in those situations in particular, I get down off the stage and leave the room and there'd be 30 people waiting to talk to me about some piece of content. And I was just like, Oh, wait a second. So them not talking over each other, not playing on their technology for distractions, multitasking, they were actually engaged and paying attention and wanted to continue the dialogue and conversation. But it took me a bit to talk to a room full of people that weren't hecklers like myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was, a, it was an interesting experience in humanity to see what a room looks like when they're paying attention. So I give that to you in that it, it's going to happen to all of us in, in one shape or form, but yes. I need to not, not second guess what's happening um, because I did for so long for us already. Yes, yes, I hear you. And I can appreciate that you found sarcasm to fill in the gaps. I haven't quite worked out how to do that yet because my default is to humor also, except I have a very dry sense of humor. Say something that just drops like dark matter on the ground and everybody kind of scrunches their face and looks at me and then I'm like, oh, right. People keep telling me, don't use humor. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Certain people in the room are just like, that was brilliant, you know? And yeah, that's there'll be a hundred people you in need. the room and three people will giggle. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that's all you need to just keep going, you know? <laughs> right? No, that's awesome, <laughs> the things you know? that get us through. But <laughs> just a couple more things that I would love to ask you while I've got you here um, and to bend your ear. But what if you had to think back on the last 18 years of your career, either in speaking or teaching or selling real estate, what would you say was the best piece of advice that anyone had given you along the way? Uh, ironically, the life coach comes back into this in that she would, she would say to me from time to time, something like, I see something bigger in you, like than I see in myself. And, you know, I would always just sort of brush it off, like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. Of course you do. I'm paying you to see something bigger than in me. Kidding. Um, but it, it never, it, you know, it doesn't resonate until it resonates. And, you know, so fast forward a number of years, and I still talk with her and engage with her, of course. And she's like, you finally see it, right? You finally get that, you know, you, you do have a lot to bring to the table, as we all do, every one of us does. And it's embracing your own self confidence, and embracing your own talents that other people see in you, right? Because for me, as an example, when I teach about the, the journey being a paperless agent, you know, to me, I feel a little bit like a fraud on the stage because I, it's so in tune to me. Like it's my natural state. I don't want paper. I want to take my laptop, walk out and be able to perform anywhere on the, on the globe. And when it took me a bit to recognize that everyone's brain doesn't work the way ours do and everyone's experience with technology or solution-based uh, figuring out ways to play in that space is different that when I'm sharing, here's how I do this or that or the other thing, that it is resonating and impacting those in the room. But I legit would be like, I don't know why people are asking me to come up here and speak about this because it's you use the technology, you know, and uh, figuring out a way to, you know, share it in a way that comes off meaningful from me um, so that others could could realize that it really isn't that difficult and it isn't difficult for any of us to sort of play in any of these spaces. 
cases that we might want to. Uh, so I think yeah. embracing what others say about you and take it to heart because it really is meaningful and they wouldn't have made the concerted effort to actually say those things to you. And then the other big takeaway I would say is when I would take the stage and I would have a few moments of, of fear, like utter fear running through my ever vein, um, I, I don't know where this came from, but I learned to turn it into excitement instead. So I would just take the fear and be like, you are not scared, Sam Powell. You are excited to command that microphone and share with everyone who's listening a guarantee that they'll walk away with a, a nugget or two if they're willing to be present, really present. And I share that, like um, Tracy Royal, who's out of our Chicago network, when she was interviewing for a leadership position on the state line, I ran into her in the hallway in between interviews and she was me, was scared to death. And I was just like, Tracy, you're not scared. You're not scared at all. You are so excited to walk into that room and just share a little bit about yourself and talk about, you know, yourself and, and the women's council and where you'd like to see us go, and where you'd like to take us. And we still talk about that to this day, like how easy it is to sort of change the energy for someone by, by just sharing in your own experiences in a way. You know, that's excellent. Cause I've heard that before where people take that, um, nervousness and just change it into excitement. And I've always thought, wow, that's really a skill to be able to do that. <laughs> but when you say that, it sounds like it's not really a skill, but it's uh, harnessing your own belief about yourself, really. And yeah. actually, once you've got that, because we are our own worst critics, we really are. Yep. And if we yeah. would just get out of our own way and view ourself and our performances the way other people do, we would probably like ourselves a little bit better and be a little more confident in, in what we do. So it really is just kind of harnessing that inner belief and nurturing yeah. that rather than a skill. So that's, I love how you said that. I would, I would love to add this one other piece. If you see a speaker and you want to say something to that speaker, and I'm not saying this for me, I absolutely encourage finding a way to share with that speaker what you wanted to share with them because we're all human beings. We're all totally approachable and I'll have people reach out to me and be like, Oh my God, I so wanted to approach you, but you know, you had so many people or whatever their hang up was for themselves. And I would just say, you know, it's so meaningful when we share with each other, a takeaway or some impact we've had. And I get a lot of people that will talk to me after about, thank you for being authentic and just being true to yourself and just being that real and raw and not caring what people think in some respects. Of course, I care what people think, but I care because I want them to grow and evolve within themselves. Yes. <laughs> so, I, so I care what they think, but I, I care for them to practice trying to stay out of judgment of others in a way, if at all possible. And yes. uh, so, so I find that we, we can all be approachable, so don't be afraid to approach us. Like you, it. Chris. We, we like could all be able to, we will all approach you in, in drones now. <laughs> <laughs> in droves, in my living room on video. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question then is what would you want new realtors that are in the industry right now to know about the women's council? And we, ha we have still a lot of new realtors in our industry right now. So what, what would you want them to know about the women's council of realtors? I would want them to know that the Women's Council of Realtors is truly a family and a friendship and a litany of resources. Like I can reach out to someone in our Women's Council anywhere in the country for different needs that I might have or different wants that I might have. And it doesn't matter what that need is. There's somebody that has that knowledge and is, a, is, a, is in their wheelhouse. So I would say engage early in your career and engage early in your career 
in roles like the Women's Council of Realtors uh, because of the baby step of engagement and involvement you can start with. You can run like a bowl through a china shop in the Women's Council and still find it incredibly impactful and meaningful. You can be a super mousy, scared introvert and slowly continue to show up and show up and show up. And there's still an amazing opportunity for magic to happen, regardless of your personality, regardless of the skill sets that you can bring to the table, because we'll grow together by just being willing to collaborate and have the diversity within an organization makes all the difference in the world. We don't want to all be the same lemons. We want crazy diversity, crazy ideas, meaningful, collaborative conversation and growth together. And I feel like that's what it, that's what the council has done for me from day one, like early onset, it became very clear to me. There were so many opportunities for my own personal growth in, you know, it enhanced my personal life in many ways. And I've had some of the most amazing uh, production years by being hyper engaged in women's council and other volunteerism than just running solo in my career. I love it. It's it's the secret sauce is what I always say. I love it. Thank you for joining us today, Sam. Appreciate you being here. And thank you everybody for following along. Thank you for listening to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors. Leaders made here.